Hello everybody, I'm Andrew Jenkins and this is a short countdown timer to help the various feeds catch up with each other and settle down. And we're never quite sure whether we go live or not, but we know we think we're live now. So, um, And we can't wait for today's groovy show, folks. And we're going to be hanging out with partner of Nyman Libson Paul, chartered accountants, Lawrence Fishman, the Morpheus of Accounting. I love that. And uh, fast-growing business rock star. How about that, then? And our theme today is business growth. Scale up by doing it the human way. Woo! So give us a quick wave and a quick hello, Lawrence. Morning, everybody. There we go. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant to see you. And Mrs. Moderator herself, Sarah Jenkins, FD of PDX. Say a quick hello for us, Sarah. Good morning, good morning. Looking forward to the show this morning. Likewise. And it looks like feed is coming through. The feed is happy days. Happy days. There we go. Yep, and we've got people joining up already, which is good. Fantastic. Oh, there we go. And we have Tilly's gang from Marketing CX in the background, just in case the comments don't go through, they can take over from their end. Uh, LinkedIn has been giving us some very weird issues recently with how many people are on live and things like that, and it's just very strange. But um, yeah, we're looking forward to a great show today. And um, so with Lawrence, me, Sarah, Ghost Our Sponsors and Marketing CX, that's the team for today. Wow. Boom, there we go. So, oi oi gang, hi peeps, and it's Leaders Live Showtime, folks. It's just after 8.45 a.m. here in the UK, and we are live, live, live with Leaders Live, spreading the love, folks, spreading the love. Yabba dabba do, you know how it goes. And uh, hope you enjoyed that groovy opener as well, gang, and we're delighted that we're being powered by our sponsors, brand and design agency, Ghost. Yoop. And we'll talk a little bit more about them a little bit later on. And uh, oh, and please let us know if our audio is coming through too. OK, as well. That would be very helpful. Thank you. And uh, if you're new to Leaders Live, a warm welcome to you. And Leaders Live is a dynamic weekly talk show that generates business through networking, through community and extraordinary conversations that inspire, just like we're going to have with, with our Lawrence today. And as I mentioned in the countdown, I'm Andrew Jenkins, and I host this interactive weekly Leaders Live show that's built an awesome community of like-minded leaders. So please don't be shy. We'd love, love, love you to introduce yourself to you as you're doing already, and we'll, we'll come to Sarah in a moment to pick those up, our moderator, and join in and interact with the comments and chat and ask questions as we go along. That's how we roll, folks. And uh, we have three simple rules. Um, a safe community, mutual respect, and no selling in the room, please. And our motto here is I to the power of we. And um, yep, a really easy way that you can just show some support for this free show that we put a lot of time and effort to produce this for you folks uh, is that you can buy me a coffee and it's buymeacoffee.com backslash leaders live. You buy me five and you get half an hour coaching session free as well, folks. And uh, the link will come in the feed shortly, but it looks something like this if I can get it to work. Um, you get a free mention as well when you buy me a coffee and it comes up like that. Yay! How good is that? So uh, we think it's a bit of fun. So there we go. And um, yep, quickly smash those likes and thumbs up too, folks. We really appreciate that. That <laughs> keeps us motivated. I love that little bell. And 
you know, this talk show really enables you to listen to, to great content, but there's so much more when you subscribe to our email list as well because you get great leadership skills, teaching and value to equip you to lead well, and you get freebies and updates along the way. What's not to like? So to make it real simple, we now have this single link in Utree, which the link will come up shortly, that you can grab all of my links uh, here and uh, subscribe as well. So if you put it all together, what have you got? You've got it. Bibbidi, bibbidi, bobbidi, poo. I love that. So here we go. Um, so let's bring in this week's Leaders Live um, Hangout guest. It's our Lawrence Fishman. How are you doing, Lawrence? Good morning. Oh, good. Thank you. It's a very early start, Andrew. I can't believe you've been <laughs> an afternoon session or... No, good morning to you. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing very well. And our theme today, Lawrence, is business growth. Scale it by doing it the human way. So you know, get us going, Lawrence. Tell us briefly a little bit about yourself um, and your background. And also tell us where we're heading today and give us a big picture of our sort of direction of travel today, Lawrence. Well, in a nutshell, uh, I am a chartered accountant, which I know is probably going to lose you about half of your watch's <laughs> straight. But... Um, but yeah, I, my journey is a little bit different to a lot of chartered accountants in that yeah. I come from a creative background, first and foremost. I grew mm. up around art and, and, and things that um. you wouldn't necessarily associate with an accountant. Mm. Uh, but I was always quite good at numbers and I needed a booming job. So I, I fell into accountancy. Um, that said, my father is now retired and my uncle were also chartered accountants. So maybe uh, I was doomed. Just maybe. Um, I started my career at uh, one of the big sort of international firms, but realized as my career progressed that I was probably better suited to the mid-tier space because of the fact that you really get to understand, you sort of get under the skin of a business a little bit more. You're dealing with the owner managers. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of the theme of today, which is um, kind of advising and doing business with a human touch. Um, and that's, that was that was what I, I sort of requested to you that we sort of focus on today. Yeah. So, yes, I am a child partner uh, of a firm called Nyman Lipson Paul. Um, yeah, we're a, a London-based practice, but we do have an international footprint as well. Uh, 18 partner firm, about 120 staff. Yeah, yeah. And you look after some famous people as well. So rock stars and all sorts of actors. And... Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a fair point. We, we sort of, our DNA is in the entertainment space. So we look after lots of media, uh, media clients, um, full spectrum of media. I'm talking about, you know, film, um, TV, theatre, um, wow. front and back behind camera. Uh, but also, my specialism is more around kind of PR, uh, marketing, advertising okay. agency, uh -huh. and also tech. We're a lot in tech. tech. As well. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, you're in good hands here because we. Uh, we, we like the tech in this in uh, Leaders Live as well. So, um, yeah, so there we are. And let's just give a quick round of applause to you so you can feel the love. Hope you enjoyed the groovy build-up. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so um, you've got an audience question as well, I think, Lawrence. Give us your audience question so we can get the audience going with some interaction here. No problem. I mean, I just thought to kind of get the, 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 the mindset right here today yeah. and focusing on such. I just wondered whether anyone had um, an anecdotal story or wanted to share their experience where they've you know, been growing their own business, um, maybe rapidly. And the challenge they faced was trying to retain those core values and, and retain that human touch in doing so. And that's, a, that's kind of, I've always found that's one of the biggest challenges with growth. It's very easy to lose your way. Um, so if anyone's got a story um, they want to share, that would be great. 
Brilliant. Okay. So the, the question is in the feed. What's the biggest challenge you faced when trying to scale up your business? And how did you overcome it while still keeping the human touch? There you go. The question's in the feed. Um, you could please interact with that question. Um, and we'd love to hear your stories as well. There's a delay in the feed. So to catch up. So um, it takes, just takes a little while for us to, to get whatever's coming up. So we'll come back to you in a tick. Um, Lawrence so just while uh, just to kind of um, while we're just waiting for that to catch up let's introduce our Mrs Moderator in the room Sarah Jenkins FD of PDX Consulting how you doing Sarah I'm doing really well thank you yeah and it's nice to see comments are coming up yeah um, it's nice to have a couple of comments from people I've not come across before so it looks like we've got Ooh. a couple of new people and it's lovely to see steve whittle on um, yeah Jack hello steve Yay. yeah um, we like good morning to christopher beekman's that's a name i've not seen in the oh feed, yeah so hi christopher lovely um jim wolf um and our lovely favorites so maria and joe and david agnew from ghost good to hear that the uh the sponsors are all listening in for us keeping us in check so yeah, yeah. brilliant and so, good to um, see you the first comment from Christopher is, can you go into some detail in what you mean by losing the human touch? There Without we... losing the human touch. Ah, no, okay. What right. do you mean by losing the human touch? I, I Well, is that for me? I yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Go for it, yeah. I just think, especially in my industry anyway, um, mm. and sort of finance, it's very, very easy to be focused on the transactional side of what we do. Um, and... I think what I learned as my career developed is that clients are not commodities. They're just not. They're people with lives, yeah. family, stresses, and everything that goes with, you know, life. Um, and again, it's, it's kind of why I focus my career on that mid-tier space where you're dealing with the owner managers and not their finance teams because you really, really get to add value that way. Um, so I think that that's what I meant. I think if you're kind of human in your approach and you don't view the service relationship as purely transactional, I think that's the icing on the really boring accountancy cake that you, you know, that a lot of accountants maybe fail to realize, or maybe they're not, um, again, this is probably a bit controversial uh, because there are lots of, you know, very human accountants, but there are also some that are more what you'd kind of consider a, a classic accountant. They're, you know, numbers guys or, or ladies uh, who can do the number piece very uh, well, but yeah. maybe are not so around around the human interaction human touch and i i think actually for an answer my answer to uh for christopher uh, and for others that are now popping stuff in the feed is look i think business success in today's rapidly changing world is really all about the people factor which is why we produce this show actually because it's yeah. the people that will make the difference we've got all the processes we've got all the business structures and you know we know how to run really great businesses with all the processes the one thing that we've really haven't tackled as human beings in business i believe is the human touch and really getting to grips with that and not just paying it lip service this isn't just about training your people this is about really understanding you know having soft skills and empathy with people um so that you know our customers benefit and our staff benefit and people enjoy working for us and they love coming to work etc so we, we it's about well, culture and that's another answer as well so creating the right sort of cultures is where i think this is going as well and we'll talk a little bit about okay. that a little bit later christopher won't we lawrence i think yeah yeah, yeah super culture plays a big part in this too massively yeah let's just quickly pop to the moderators a lot going on in the chat sarah pick us up where are we going in the chat um, okay, so Maria Jeffers um, said she had an appointment with um, a call with an appointment booker. 
a few weeks ago oh yeah but actually decided to continue to put the time in herself to reach out to people because the personal touch is working for her yeah. so you know yeah. it, it's so easy isn't it you know, there's so much advertising oh you know we can we can, we can do book this your for appointments. you we can get your leads we can get your clients and yes they can you know they can get people to agree to a phone call but actually is it the right way to go i'm not sure is it the right way to go yeah what else is going on thank you uh, let's have a look. Uh, Jim Wolf, we put Hello, our Jim. values at the heart of everything. Looking back, this probably led to slower growth, but a stronger, sustainable business was highlighted in the pandemic as we retained our staff whilst our competitors struggled with recruitment. Uh, and retainment as yeah. well, retaining as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think, I think um, uh, a great point. I, I just want to jump in there. If I can yeah, by all means. Uh, thanks, Jim, by the way, Jim's, a, Jim's an absolute legend, but um hi think, legend jim <laughs> i think covid has a, a big part in the way uh business has evolved as well because as much as there was lots to hate about covid i think one of the things that i think the world has benefited from covid is the fact that um we all went through a little bit of a kind of social revolution or an evolution i guess you could call it in that people did for the first time maybe ever stopped for a minute looked around you and took stock of, of where your life was going. And I think um, people uh, really took the time to reflect and, and um, maybe got back to those core values that maybe got lost a little bit over, over time. Yeah, and yeah. growing organically, I think Jim's point is spot on. You know, when we grow, maybe a bit slow, bit slower, but we bring everybody with us, right? And that's, these yeah. are really important things. Okay, thank you. And what else is going on, Sarah? Uh, let's look. Rebecca Jenkins, the human Ooh, touch hello, is everything in business. In my experience, without it, you can't successfully grow a business. Um, because I think, you know, if you do, if you take new clients on, they want to feel listened to. They want to feel that their their business is important to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that too, uh, there was, a, there was a, a poll that you ran this week, Andrew. But I, I, yeah. I think um, that human touch enhances customer loyalty in a in a in a world now where switching costs are really low and barriers to entry are even lower. So, you know, certainly in my industry, um, you could pretty much download a, a subscription of zero and load up a laptop and call yourself an accountant. Yeah. I, my view, that's not an accountant, by the way. <laughs> you, know, you have to be qualified first, don't you? <laughs> in my world, yes and no. Yes and mm. no. I and mean, that, that's exactly the point. I think, you know, yeah. I am a chartered accountant. I yeah. did have go through the rigmarole of going through all those chartered accounts absolutely but yeah. some people don't necessarily appreciate the difference between one and the other yeah. um so so yeah it's a, it's a good point it's a good point okay yeah sarah what else is going on thanks lawrence um yeah Jonas says um his personality is probably what has enabled him to scale the company oh um, that's a nice comment just trying to find that personal one. when working with companies there like Bushy, um experience much interest and it's um the fact that he is just himself Ap um, unapologetically, unapologetically myself. Myself. I love myself. that. absolutely yeah, Jonas. Nice. good morning Jonas. fantastic what else let's have a look uh this one's from Kieran, I think. How does Lawrence find the balance from him winning stroke signing the client, but needing his team to be on the same level of people skills to support the client and do the actual work? Oh, That's I haven't got really that comment. Oh, yes, I've got that comment. Here it is. That one there, is it, Sarah? Yes. That's a great question. Um, look, I, I, I'm only as strong as the team around me. Um, oh. That sounds really cliched, 
but it's true. I don't have enough man hours to be able to um, service the client in, in every single capacity. I, you know, I do the onboarding piece, obviously. I, I Going back to what one of your um, commenters mentioned before, I would never let anyone um, uh, sort of scope work out for me. I, I meet the client, I do the exploratory meetings, I try and understand what they need from us. Um, and if I'm successful, then I, I personally close that deal. Mm. But when the client, you know, although I'm always their first port of call, I will always be their, their, their main contact. I'm not the guy who literally sits there tapping in every single number into the account software, you know? So, um, and, and I also, I, I, I do try and empower my team. I've always been like this. I'm, I trust them. I trust them implicitly. And I want them to deliver the same level of service that I deliver. So I'm not, some of the old school accountants would say, the client only knows me. You guys are just backroom boy, you know, backroom boys and girls. You just do the stuff behind the scenes and the client would only really ever deal with me. That's not how I work. I, I like, you know, I back every single client that comes on board gets immediately introduced to the entire infrastructure that sits around me. It's I an like ecosystem. That. Yeah. It's literally an ecosystem. You know, everyone, everyone is allocated a business services manager, an accounts manager, a tax mm. manager. All of us become their sort of network, if you like. Um, yeah. How important for that, for that, that is. It is, but it opens up another big question, which I think we're going to talk about later, anyway, so I won't touch on it too much now, which is making sure you've got the right people because yeah. having the wrong people means that that ecosystem falls apart very quickly. Very good point. Yeah, you need to have good people to make that work, don't you? And uh, I completely agree with that. And we, uh, we will pick up that later, as well as the poll as well, which you mentioned. Um, Sarah, what else is going on in the feed? There's some really interesting comments coming up. There certainly is. Um, so Christopher Beekman, it's an interesting one. When I think about the question, he was unsure how to answer it. Yeah. Because the way we operate is very much we're selling ourselves and the relationship over anything else. We know our solution works. So our biggest USP we have is ourselves. And so having a connection and building a relationship is key. It's meant our growth has taken a huge hit, but as a result, we've seen much better projects for it. Um, trading time for now value later is our model. I love that. And you know, Sarah, if I can just pick up on your business. So Sarah is the um, the, the finance manager for a company called Ghost, our sponsors actually. And um, in, um, their team work really well cohesively together and also introduce Sarah you know to their clients as well um, not only just to get paid so they make sure that Sarah's in front of them to say this is the lady who you're going to upset if you don't get paid but but if you don't pay us but but also you know because she's part of the team and I think that's really important and I think that's what you're picking up on Lawrence is that right you know, the whole team get involved yeah. right well look uh, the, the key point to raise there is that um, like a lot of us, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and lie and say that mm. what we do is groundbreaking in terms of the end product, the tangible end product. An accountant will deliver you a set of right or wrong, but hopefully right accounts. <laughs> <a> right, <laughs> One would hope so, right? <laughs> right? You know, an accurate accounts, an accurate tax return, um, the right advice. So where's the USP there? The USP there is to making sure that you do it in a way that matches your client's expectations. And that usually does mean, in my opinion anyway, because you know, I'm a customer too in, in, all, in, in, all sort of, um, in all sort of different scenarios, is um, you know, going above and beyond and not just delivering a vanilla compliance. So there are a lot of compliance outfits out there. This is what I alluded to before. Oh, so uh, okay. Be a compliance outfit and you can bang mm -hmm. out uh, your back returns every quarter for a client charge peanuts and you'll probably be okay if that's the service the client's expecting gotcha. but at the next level up clients expect 
that little bit more, you know? Yeah, um, clients expect that little bit more. Okay. And just just to finish off, um, Sarah, um, just what there's some stuff going on with Joe and Matthias and things. Is any do you want to pick up on any of that, Sarah? Yeah, just that uh, Matthias was saying um he excellent point you made, Lawrence, that people mm. were given time to think during COVID oh. and focus on the values that really matter. Mm. Um, and that's why the focus on employee engagement and workplace wellness, et cetera, has seen such a massive increase. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I, yeah. uh, and Jo, she worked for a leading Lincolnshire newspaper in the 90s and she was pulled to one side and being reprimanded for being herself as it wasn't professional, um, gave the paper a bad name, but her figures were always the highest. Yeah. speaks for itself doesn't it it speaks for itself I, you know i've met joe joe is awesome and she's a great person to connect to if you haven't done so one of a consummate salesperson she knows how to sell really well because she uses the human touch there lawrence yeah. joe is brilliant i know joe but um and hello joe by the way thanks for, for the question or your comment um yeah i completely agree uh, there's a balance i have to yeah. say occasionally i have to rein myself in, or I have to rein in. <laughs> yeah lawrence uh, being honest, but I, yeah, I kind of, my default is not to think too much. And I know that sounds a bit basic, but, you know, I, I really do put my, my best foot forward in that um, I learned after many, many years, because I'm, you know, old now, I learned after many, many years that actually being something I'm not isn't going to work. It, you know, that's faking it. You might be okay. Uh, and, and, you know, have a, a decent career, but to really explode your career. And thank God I, I have in, in many ways, not in a showy way, but, you know, my career has gone really well for me, is that I eventually got to a point where I just thought, actually, I'm just going to be me authentically, 100%. And people, lots of people will not like it. And that's absolutely fine. They're not people I'll ever work with. But those who do will really enjoy working with me. And, and I think that's, um, yeah, that, that's worked for me. Yeah, and you know, let's um let's dig into a, a bit more about you and your approach and the human touch. And you know, we you know, I know you're a partner of Nyman Libson Paul, and um, it, it, and you work a lot with tech-based growth, which I'm really interested in myself. What's your philosophy? You mentioned about balance, and you know, what's your philosophy on balancing rapid business growth, which is talked about in the feed today? You know, do we slow down? Do we slow our growth down, or do we speed it up? And maintaining that positive company culture that has been talked about this morning already, just to retain that top talent, because that's another thing that you talked about, getting the right people. Talk us a little bit about that, Lawrence. Well, you know, every every company out there in every industry wants mm. growth, right? You're right? The name of the game, growth yeah. could mean profits and more success and more opportunities. But there's always a price that comes with kind of um, fast growth. I, I specialize in dealing with fast growth businesses. And yeah. the challenge is there that whilst the, uh, the numbers might look good on paper, it's very, very easy to lose the culture and the ethos and the heart of a business um, if you grow too quickly um, and suddenly bring in the wrong people. So for me, those core values, the, the kind of culture you, you're hanging your hat on um, is so important to instill and promote and reinforce every single step of the way um, just to, just to make sure that it doesn't get lost in, in the in the mix. Um, I think another way of doing that is by rewarding those that demonstrate and live by those values. Um, we talk about social focus as well. I think business you know, work has to be fun. We spend so much of our lives in the Don't office. Just, yeah. uh, it's really hard as an accountant, right? Because <laughs> inherently, 
it's not you know it's not something you think of as being fun but i think if you if you get the right blend of people in the office um it can be fun i'm not sure whether that's my camera that's playing up can you is my camera okay guys yours is okay our end it's okay yeah yeah Yeah. lawrence has got a bit of a slow camera his end but it's actually coming through okay i think Good. As long as as long as you can all see, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think an element of fun, an element of empathy. I think again, Ooh, uh, COVID, yeah. COVID, COVID brought that out of of us. I think we all know now that having been through some tricky times, having empathy for those around you is is important. Um, and I suppose the last point there is it comes from the leadership. So if your leadership are truly passionate about the people side of the business, the trickle down should work, and that can be massive um that could be kind of a big kind of showy um uh, things that you're you're introducing or it could just be something as basic as having an open door policy you know yeah. just just Simple actually stuff. Just being human for, yeah for me i think i've never been one for hierarchy probably because i'm someone that kind of um i wouldn't call myself a rebel but i don't i don't <laughs> like a rebel to a cause right yeah kind of for me, you know, I never, even though I am one of the partners now, I am very senior mm. in, in the context of our, our business. Yeah. I like a shallow hierarchy. I don't want people, to, you know, at the kind of entry level to feel like, oh my gosh, I can't speak to Lawrence because he's, he's, you know, yeah. higher, one of the, one yeah. of the partners. So, gotcha. so yeah, that's, um, that's where I'm at with that. Yeah. Very interesting. I like that idea of leveling up and, um, you know, um, there's lots going on in the feed, which I'm going to come on to in a moment, just to let you know, I've not forgotten about the feed folks. So we'll come back to that in a moment. But, you know, just in your experience, Lawrence, you know, what are some of the key characteristics or traits that you know, successful entrepreneurs, businessmen um, do or, or work on when it comes to scaling their business? I mean, you mentioned a few here, like fun, empathy. I, I would add joy and love to that as well. And, you know, leadership, yeah. being passionate. You know, what else, Lawrence? You know, what, what other characteristics do you think are important? I think you just touched upon some of the softer ones. But yeah. I think there's all the other traits that I try and make sure are part of my makeup. Um, well, the first thing I think I'd say is that um, quite often, true leaders, you know, real leaders, um, it's kind of a bit cliche. They're born. They're not made. You know, you either you either have that leadership quality in you, or you don't. Okay. Um, I think it's very hard. I think it's hard to learn that. Mm. Um, but what other traits? I guess you know, uh, very very highly motivated, um, intensely self assured, uh, fiercely competitive, strong <laughs> um, strong ethics. Strong ethics. You know, in integrity, ethics. I think is important. Mm. Um, a, yeah, a willing fail I think is is a is a, a quirky one Ooh, because yes. you know with innovation and I'm passionate about innovation I think you have to be prepared to fail sometimes and and deal with that yeah. uh, and I suppose the last one that I think I, my career um, uh, I believe I put well, I put a lot of my success in, in my career down to the fact that I, I was and still am to an extent a serial networker um, so oh, I yeah. literally from about the age of 23 I made sure that my little black book is is as bulletproof as it could possibly be. Um, and I really hustled there. I literally used to put yeah. myself about, you know, go meet every manager. And I, and I just, I was a no, I was an absolute nobody. I still am in many ways, but I was a total nobody. But I, I, I had a lot of front, or as I'm, I'm Jewish, and it's a real um, Yiddish word, this, but I had a lot of chutzpah. Chutzpah <laughs> means I just, I had nothing came to me. I would pick up, yeah, I would pick up the phone to a, a um, you know, someone extremely senior at a bank and just say, look, 
this is what I do. This is who I am. I'd love to grab a coffee with you. And it's on me. Can we? And, you know, for every one or two that said no, there were two or three that said yes. And then once I'm in front of someone and, and if there's natural chemistry there, then you build that relationship and things come from that. It might take years. You know, sometimes it's like planting a seed. It can take years to come to fruition. But at 43, some of those um, some of those are really bearing fruit, um, yeah. which, is, which is great for me. Very interesting. I love the way you've yeah. tackled that. And I like the way you challenge some of the softer things. And both are important, right? You know. Um, there was, um, I can come on to the comments in a moment, but there's some really great networkers in this room as well, like Jack and Maria and Joe and Matthias and Jonas, you know, some really powerful networkers and um, Rebecca, in fact, everybody that's on that I know here are really powerful networkers, Steve Whittle, etc. you know, and re really understand that. And that's something that, you know, has really only just come up in the last, you know, decade or so in terms of the importance, it's always been there. But I think even more now, it's really important that we understand what networking is all about and how to do that well. Um, so I, I think that's that's really interesting. And um, just a quick one on, um, I don't know if you remember way back in the sort of 80s, 90s, there was, do you remember the Seattle fish market phenomenon that was going on? Um, phenomenal, um, you know, just a team of people that flay fish every day and sell fish in a market in Seattle. Nothing special, smelly old fish. And yet they wanted to be the best fish market in the world that's how they set themselves up to so they started throwing fish about to each other and catching them and making a show of it and this became world famous their stuff and it was really interesting listening to the boss talk because the boss said look you know the key things that have made us really successful is to coach our team and whoever's the best at flaying or or you know doing something with fish or advising people on what fish tastes of what or whatever you know we would use those people to talk to our customers and talk to them endlessly about fish brilliant and he he, he encapsulated his whole team and said you know what this is the best team i've ever had and I love them and they love me. What a statement to make. It's beautiful, isn't it? That is beautiful. Um, I, I, I can't say that every business is the same. That's, no. I think that's quite a unique story. That's special, but it's, yeah. It's, it's something to strive to, though. I think, you know, a little bit of showmanship, um, yeah. some entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit, doing things a little differently there. Different. There, um, yeah, sure. I completely uh, agree. Making it special for the customer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just give you a break for a minute, um, Lawrence. Mrs. Moderator, no what's problem. going on? There's tons going on. So much going on. Going on. Um, however, I'm going to start it off with um, a question Rebecca Jenkins put in. Oh, yeah. Lawrence, do you have any specific approaches to ensure you have the best team? Oh, here we go. Well, there it is. Yeah. It's, it's a really tricky question because mm. um, the, the recruitment market is tough. Right? Yeah. I have to say it's a, a really tough market on a personal level. And this is not this is not a, a Nyman Lipson Paul thing. This is a, a me thing. Yeah. I've always recruited on chemistry. And I know that sounds, again, really basic. But I, I think, you know, well done. My, my, my worst hire, I won't say too much in case by Soz Law, she's, she's logged in. My worst hire ever was someone that on paper was brilliant. And every answer, I, I, I do quite a lot of sort of interviewing recruitment, every single answer she gave was so polished and so perfect. Picture thought, perfect. Hmm, mm. I absolutely need to hire this person. And I was made to fire her after two weeks because oh, I dear. was the one who made the call. Yeah. So everyone said, 
you bloody hire her, you get rid of her. And she was <laughs> hopeless in every uh, single way. Yeah. I reflected on that and thought back, and like, why did I get that so wrong? Mm-hmm. And, and I realized there was absolutely no, talking about human touch again, there was nothing about her that I particularly liked, mm-hmm. other than the fact that she'd obviously second-guessed the questions I was going to ask her because they were, you know, fairly generic. And she polished an answer off to the nth degree and delivered it spectacularly. And I fell for it like an idiot. So I think when I interview, I look for heart for people that would fit the culture for um, for something like a, a, a bit of spark, a bit of magic that you wouldn't necessarily be able to, to define. It's not a tangible thing. It's an intangible thing. Um, and those people don't come by that often, to be honest with you, to, to find that spark. But I'd much rather hire someone that I think had all the raw ingredients to be an absolute blooming superstar than someone who technically had the full level of experience I'm looking for. Sometimes you can teach the experience, the technical course, piece. Yeah, you the can, skills. You know, some of it is with you know, uh, mm. practical experience and some of it is made out of a textbook. So yeah, a bit, bit of, yeah, I think, I don't know if that fully answers the question, but I think yeah. for me, um, there is no right or wrong answer here because there's no job market, but hey. I like the chemistry thing. Yeah, go on, Sarah. As you say, interestingly, so would you say with the chemistry thing, can you get that by interviewing via Zoom or do you find it needs to be face-to-face? Oh. That's a good question as well. I, if you'd asked me that two years ago, I would have said not a chance. It has to be face-to-face. I need to see the whites of their eyes. But another thing that COVID did, right, I now have, and I, and I thank it in some ways because I now have a number of very large international clients that I may not have had if it wasn't for Zoom because I don't need to get on a plane to see them anymore. They don't need to come on a plane to see me anymore. They're not necessarily focused on on the logistical side of whether a decision makes sense. They're just going, Lawrence is the guy I wanna work with um, regardless, which is great for me, obviously. Um, And we're happy to do 99.9% of our dealings via Zoom. And and I think think you lose maybe two, 3% of the chemistry you'd get in person. But not much more than that. I, you know, we're doing it now, aren't we? We're, you know, we're, yeah, we're kind of having true. a conversation. Yeah, we and are. It's almost like sitting in the living room having a cup of tea with you. So, yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I don't think it takes too much away. Okay, that's really useful. Thank you. Sarah? Um, lots on the feed, lots about being human um, yeah. and how important that is. Um, Jack Wright, it's about doing what you say you were going to do. Um, his reputation is more to him than any amount of money. Yeah, if you promise the world and don't deliver then your reputation is going to be a bit rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well said, Jack. Great. Good morning, Jack. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, here's, here's one from another one from Rebecca Jenkins. You're on fire this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Reb's on fire. There we go. Absolutely. Um, it would be good to hear your view from Mary Porthouse, who says that John Lewis has lost their soul. Ooh. And having an employee-owned business, do you think that increases the human touch? Oh, lovely question. Well done, Rebs. Uh, well, look, I, I have, I had, actually, because it was in my last firm, a client that had uh, an ESOP, which is you know li- literally an ownership sort of plan where every one of the staff there has, has an element of ownership which I can see being um, a hook because everyone feels fully vested in the, in the mission and, and the project or the, you know, the, the business uh, that they're working for. Um, does it always work in practice? Not always, because I think that can sometimes muddy the waters. I think, I think it's, it's, 
it's almost as important, maybe more important to have the right leadership team. I, I think leadership is, you know, it, it really can define, uh, make or break a business. Um, yeah. You know, you can have a fantastic, and I see it all the time, by the way, because the, the challenge with tech, the challenge with tech, I have to say, and it's it's why I've got some some more grey hairs than I would have liked to <laughs> is with tech, you can have a fantastic, true story, you can have a fantastic uh, product, you can have a fantastic, you know, um, uh, uh, thing that you're trying to sort of uh, take to market, but if the management team is wrong, it won't it won't succeed. It won't succeed. Yeah, um, spot so, on. So yeah, I think interesting. Interesting. Say that again, Lawrence. We just missed you there. Oh, we've lost Lawrence. Well, no, okay. I just said it's an interesting question. Are we happy? Yeah. Hear me? Yeah, we we just we just Hello? lost you just a little bit. Just give you a break while your feed catches up during a minute. Um, Sarah, what's um, there's some comment from Jim Wolf, which I thought was really good to just to pick up on where Lawrence was just a moment ago. Yeah, to be able to lead, you there have to first win the battle of your own emotions. Oh, I think that is so true and well said, Jim. I completely agree with that. You know, I'm part also, of yeah, go on, Sarah. I'm also going to say so. Matthias um, is actually going to disagree when you said that leaders can't be made. He feels that leaders can be made. Some people have traits from a young age that make them natural leaders, but certainly other people can mature through experience and learn those skills. Yeah, so, okay. yeah I think somebody who's not a natural-born leader can grow into it is where he's uh, coming from. Lovely. I can't find that comment. I'll find it in a moment. So, uh, yeah, lovely. Well said, Matthias. Yeah, yeah nice um, challenge as well. Yeah. So Steve Whittle, hire slow, fire yeah, fast. I saw that. Yeah, well done, Steve. Great to see you, Steve. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Um, um, yeah, go on, sorry. Lo lots of um, positives for recruiting with chemistry and passion. Um, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Um, and Matteo says that um, Nor um, a friend in Norway is working on developing a new recruitment system that is supposed to get rid of the biases. So it's a move Ooh. towards blind recruitment where the best candidate, regardless of the background, is selected. That's quite an interesting one. Very interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's like the voice, yeah. isn't it, on TV? Yeah, it is. I mean, can you hear me okay now? Guys? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah, well. I, I think, look, everyone would say this, and I, but I mean this. I, wouldn't, I don't think I've ever, and I would never, recruit on anything other than who the right person was for the job. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of quite passionate and, and set in my way about that because, I, you know, I like giving everyone an equal opportunity. In fact, if anything, my bias swings the other way. I think if I, I if I see someone walking into the room that's kind of Oxbridge, I might actually judge them harsher. Yeah. Uh, be, be, because of that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so Against yeah, but, our but, biases, but I mean, I'd be interested to sort of talk more about. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. We did this poll, Lawrence, um, leading up to your the build up to this event, yeah. and you know, as a leader, why do you think humanising business is important? And, you know, here's the scores on the doors, kids. Um, you know, enhances customer loyalty, 43%. Fosters collaboration, 29%. Boosts business success, 24%. Don't agree, not important, 5%. That's interesting, isn't it? What do you think there, Lawrence? I'm not surprised at all. In fact, yeah. I voted. So I, I voted <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. I voted up one as well. Um, and, and I think, you know, uh, goes goes back to what I said earlier, I think in a competitive marketplace, you have to find USPs that may extend beyond the product or the service delivery uh, or, or the service itself. 
And I think that does come down to, um, you know, the, the, the people fit. Does that yeah. person feel like they align with your values? And if they do, they're less likely to look elsewhere. Um, in my opinion, you know, I, I think um, clients are more loyal to you when they feel like they understand you and you understand them. Yeah, um, I, yeah spot on. Yeah, Lovely. Uh, well said. I, 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 I can two and three as well. I think both of those um, have some merit too. There we go. Uh, two or three. It's the enhances loyalty one. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, you sure. know, I was stuck on where to answer on this one. Um, I think I plumbed for boost business success in the end for me. But, um, but yeah, uh, I get all of those things. And, you know, if we've got the human touch, we enhance customer loyalty. We do all three of those, I reckon. Yeah, I think that's yeah. true. I don't know who don't agree, but, you know, I think, um, I think they might need to look at themselves in the mirror and give their head a wobble. Well, I, I think I think you know the days have gone where you just turn up for for work and you don't bring your personality in or you know your you know who you really are because it's not about what we do. I believe business success in the future and today and right now isn't about necessarily what we do. That's just a given. That yeah, you need to know what you're doing absolutely, but experience and what you do that's just given. The bit that's extra is the people. You know, it's the who in you, not not just you know what you do. <laughs> do you like that? That's the who in you, not the not what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's very good, but it's true as well. I, I completely, I completely concur. It's 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 bang on. Um, you know, as I said earlier, especially if you're in a service um, service industry where there is lots and lots of comp competition, like in my industry that that's one of the key usbs you know um the, the the actual service is quite homogenous in a way you know as yeah. i said delivery of a set of accounts as long as it's right will be i would never lie to anyone and say my accounts are you know the, the tangible end product my accounts are better than joe blogs down the road who's also got an accounting firm in theory they're both right so you know mm. no real difference there what you're paying for is the the experience the advice the expertise um, the, the way it's delivered um, and those sorts of things. So yeah, that, that's the differentiator for me anyway. Brilliant. I like that. And talk about differentiators, you know, what's the role of kind of high performance teamwork, soft skills and collaboration play in scaling businesses successfully, Lawrence? You know, how do you foster those kind of qualities? You know, how do you bring them together, Lawrence? Well, with, with difficulty, I think, mm. again, I, I mentioned it earlier, having some core values. I think that's, one of the things that you know um, instills that sense of, of um, collective responsibility is having a set of values that you live by, and they can. And I know this sounds a bit contrived, but I think sometimes those values can can, can come after the event. So you, you might have sort of absolutely you don't necessarily need those values day one you know some people are so focused on the values on day one before they've even got a business i think they can develop you can you can be you know a year down the line six months down the line three years down the line, it doesn't really matter but you get to a point where you think we've got enough bodies in the building now that we need to decide <laughs> and define our identity yeah. once you've defined that identity everyone lives by those you know it can be a bit you know a chicken and egg it's a bit chicken and egg but i, I think um either way the chicken or the egg both need to exist um so that, that for me is, is the, the the linchpin of, of making that work. So interesting what you just said there. I'm just going to tease that open a little bit further. So it sounds to me that you know you talked about core values and culture is a really important thing. But the the, the really important 
piece that you mentioned there, which I think is worthwhile just pausing on for a moment and engaging, you know, you guys listening and, and watching as well, folks, is that, look, you know, culture, if we don't do something deliberate about culture, culture forms itself, and that doesn't always mean it's good. Um, so I think high performance and you know, collaboration and the, the business success factors come from deliberately spending time developing and shaping your culture you know and that takes time and it doesn't come straight out the box and as Lawrence said you know it's something you tackle a little later when you understand well what have we got now do we like what we've got how do we improve it so culture sh isn't just something that shapes by default it does if you don't do anything with it and quite often that's not always good the key thing here as Lawrence has just said is that we have to shape it we have to deliberately work on it is that is that is that the point that you're trying to make there Lawrence there's two further points. Yeah. The first, one size doesn't fit all. It never Ooh, does. Yeah. So every, every business, every industry would have its own mm. idea of what a culture should look like. Yeah. And the other thing is, although I think our culture is now better than it was, I'm just, I'm not going to say it's definitely not perfect, but it's no, better than it was. But it's working on it. Years right. ago. Yeah. It's exactly the point. I think it's, it's, it's an evolution that never evolution. stops. Evolution. I it. think, um, yeah, I think you, you constantly have to check yourself um, uh, at every juncture. I'm not saying you do it daily necessarily, but, you know, as the years go by, every, every six months, every year, you kind of look back over your shoulder and go, what did we do right? What did we not do right? What, what, lessons, what lessons can we take from the last year? Oh, sugar, you know, we really should have, that, that, that was badly handled. We really should have done better there. Now we know for future reference when the same sort of scenario comes up, how we'd handle it better. So I, I think, you know, no, no one should beat themselves up over it because there is no right or wrong answer. But I think um, it's something that people should prioritise as being one of the facets of the business that's really important to get right. Perfect. Right as they can get oh, magic words um, there. Look, prioritise culture building, folks, because that's the key that gives you the success that you need. Brilliant, Lawrence. Thank you for that. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I just love that that phrase, evolution, and it just reminds me of the movie, Paul. Evolution, baby, evolution. That <laughs> just, just occurred to me. Let's um, let's give ourselves a break for a moment and bring in our wonderful moderator again. Sarah, what's going on? Oh, lots, <clears throat> lots of things going on. Um, yeah, Kieran says um, very much he agrees that fit is huge. Um, yeah. Not everybody is a good or great fit for every opportunity. Um, it's a big filter that he applies often ahead of qualifications and experience. Um, well said, well said, yeah. Yeah, and Jonas, if you can get the customers with you on a journey, they'll become part of the journey and likely to become loyal ambassadors. I love oh, that. Yeah, and Rebecca Jenkins talks a lot about this too, you know, that even through failure sometimes with a customer, we can bring them back on board again because trust is often built through something falling over but you actually proving that you can deliver against you know a failure Lawrence what do you think yeah yes I, I think that's yeah mm. it's yes you're right that's it you know it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's um, yeah, a very blunt statement but it's true yeah yeah great thank you Sarah yeah um just something I I was thinking about when when you mm. were talking about sort of having the culture of a company and the values and the the soft skills which let's face it a lot of companies don't spend time on and just assume people have those skills and they don't necessarily and i'm just thinking andrew you know you've worked with some big companies with their 
you know, with their team strategic to say, you know, what are your goals? Let's pull it out. Let's pull together. You know, who are you? What do you stand for? And what do you want to look like? And sometimes you do just need somebody else to come in from the outside and help you tease it out because sometimes you just can't see it yourself. Yeah, that external facilitation on developing people's culture, I think, is massively important. And uh, Lawrence, have you experienced that? Have you brought people in from outside just to kind of help you shape culture at um, NLP? Uh, not especially, although mm. in some ways, maybe I was, uh, I don't want to take credit for it because it's not entirely my doing, yeah. but I, I think sometimes bringing in new people mm. to your business is, I was I'm pretty much the only, I think I am the only ever lateral hire partner that succeeded anyway um, at my firm so most of the other partners grew through the business which i think is is a powerful thing as well by the way because they understood the nlp way the nlp code all the way through from you know maybe a, a, a senior um member of the, uh, <laughs> when i say senior in accountants term it's like a qualified person okay gotcha necessarily yeah. a senior member of the team um all the way to, to partnership whereas i literally joined as a as a lateral hire at partner level um and i had some pretty strong views because i'm gobby um i had some pretty <laughs> strong views on things that i felt needed to be fine-tuned you know i own it um and i made it very clear that i felt that there were things that needed to be um refined like the recruitment processes we were we were we were coming at, at that point we were um running I, I felt they were not at the level that they should be they weren't deep dive enough so mm. i enhanced that and also you know we we put our values down on a bit of paper for the first time like i said a few moments ago and really um soul searched around the partner T table and, and sort of decided whether or not we still felt those values were relevant to us now good uh, teased, teased out the right ones i think we had some stuff down on paper mm. very honestly that was just um just a yeah, word. It was just there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was. Yeah, that. and that that brings me on to a, 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 a sort of subtle variant of that, actually. So you know, um, how do you advise you know that whole risk management and decision making approach when it comes to scaling up businesses and potential growth opportunities with all the things that we've been talking about? How does that affect risk management and decision making, Lawrence? For my clients. Um, yeah, and for you advising. as a business, yeah, 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 and well, for your well, clients, absolutely, well, yeah, yeah. And we look we're at, well, very quickly, introspectively. Mm. Obviously, we're a firm, of, and therefore we're, we're naturally more risk averse than maybe other businesses are. Yeah. But my clients, on the other hand, are pretty much the other end of the spectrum. So, I, as I said, I, I look at lots of very fast growth uh, digital agencies and lots of fast growth tech businesses. Now, mm. by by nature, these are businesses that are prepared to innovate and take risks. Um, that you know that comes with challenges, and and as we all know, it, it doesn't always work. Okay, mm. so that's part of that's you know that comes with the territory. If you, you know that for every one or two tech clients that do phenomenally well, I've got some clients that are, are really very very big now. Uh, others maybe fall by the wayside because they don't hit their you know investment targets or they you know the product doesn't quite land like they ho hoped it would um the way i, I work I, i'm i'm an entrepreneurial accountant okay i'm yeah. an entrepreneur almost first and an accountant second i ran as own many many moons ago and so i kind of know what it's like to be on the other side of the fence and i think for 
me, um, again, that's another one of my USPs maybe because clients will often use me as a sounding board. They'll, they'll call me up on, on non-accounting matters. It could be more operational or you know, commercial um, queries and concerns they've got and ask my um, for my counsel on it. You know, it, it might be, um, I always caveat it, of course, because it's not sort of official advice, but I would always say to them, look, let's talk it through let's have a chat about it what are your concerns and why and i'll give you my my human opinion on it you know nice. as, a, as, a, as a as an advisor but also as a friend i know that sounds a bit great but it's true um you know i'm I, I think lots of accountants focus on the compliance but most business owners need more than compliance yeah they, need, they, they really do need that kind of quasi fd touch um so yeah, that, that's that's how I um, I handle it. I think we, we never try and suppress risk because I think to a degree risk sometimes is one step away from the holy grail. You know, sometimes taking that extra bit of chance as a tech business, um, that extra little um, sprinkle of innovation can be the difference between big win or failure. So I, I don't ever suppress, but I always try and set out the pros and cons and the, the kind of the legitimate reasons why they might and might not want to do it. And maybe that's where, you know, interesting that you mentioned that, that, you know, accountancy is naturally risk averse, but actually what you've recognised that as a success factor for NLP, and I think other accountants could take note of this as well, is, you know, don't focus on so much on, on, on the risk, but actually really understanding that actually we're in a new world of, of entrepreneurship and that needs to be taken to a new level um, whilst balancing the whole thing about risk. Um, so I think there's there's a growing up of risk by from what I can hear from what you're saying, Lawrence. There is a growing up. There is a growing up. And, mm. I, and I, don't, I don't want to come across as gung-ho here either. No, indeed, indeed. Um, businesses still have a responsibility to Absolutely. their investors. Yeah. Absolutely to their team right you know mm. being, making records is not the way forward either no. it's about taking really calculated measured risks, well managed risks um, and yeah. assessing the yeah, well risks. Uh, I, yeah, I think risk risk in general is okay as long as it's very carefully thought through in advance you know yeah um, there's a strategy so, behind yeah, it right that's, that's the point to, yeah I, I think that's well said and planning around correct. a strategy to help you there Fascinating. Listen, we're coming to the end of the show now and we're starting to wrap up. But um, and I just wanted to bring up your um, your website here. So this is the NLP Nyman Libson Paul website. And uh, yeah, and just quickly looking through it here. Look at this. I love the way we can just scroll through this. So this is um, and these are the list of the partners. There's a lovely picture here of Lawrence somewhere or other. I can't see him right now, but he's there somewhere. There he is right in the middle on the on the middle row there <laughs> looking very 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 nice there um and professional um so talk us a little bit about your call to action for us lawrence well look it's i don't i don't ever do a hard sell it's not no. my my it's not my bag but yeah um i think hopefully you've got a sense for how i work mm. and I, genuinely this is how i work so my clients uh, would, would would um testify that that is the case. Um, we are a, a sizable London-based practice, but we yeah. do have a global footprint now. So we wow. do deal with lots of international businesses mm. uh, and national. I've got clients up north all the way down to the South Coast. 
Um, we, we, we really do focus on delivering with a human touch, which is why today's um, main theme was around that. Uh, but if you've got a, a business uh, that's growing, um, you maybe feel like the service you're receiving from your own accountant is maybe a little deficient, or you'd like to see what an alternative service might look like, then of course, feel free to reach out. I, I, I always give everyone uh, at least an hour of my time, uh, obviously no charge. Uh, it's, um, it would be a pleasure to, to meet some new people here anyway. I, I always, uh, for, for me, I, I love meeting people anyway. I'm, I'm a people person. So <laughs> I will always give people the time and if I can help in any way, especially the LinkedIn community, because I, I owe a lot to the LinkedIn community, then then of course I will. That, lovely. Thank you. And um, hopefully the links will end up in the feed very shortly. Um, so, uh, and I, I think that's that's important too, that we just pop those links in. So whoever's going to do that, whether that's Marketing 6 or Sarah can just do that, pop those links into the feed for us. Thank you. And uh, Lawrence, just thank you so much for just such an inspirational... Uh, um yeah just wonderful thank you and uh you know enlightening us today lawrence with your thoughts um and what an extraordinary conversation we've had with you today uh, mr fishman fantastic we loved having you on the show um look this show will be on podcast too shortly people and please please remember to subscribe to our leaders live email list to get access to our lead well program and all that kind of stuff and this really does help us to grow and evolve um, as well as we talked about earlier about growing and involving and we can only do it through you as people subscribing so that's how this business works very much a people business so uh, the links will be um, in the feed shortly as well for this so um, for both Lawrence and for my stuff so yeah there we go and the, the, there they are thank you Tilly for posting those um, yeah and if you're looking for any LinkedIn networking experience you know Marketing CX um, Tilly's mob um, Tilly's gang are fantastic at that they they do all of my LinkedIn stuff so a quick shout out for Tilly there and before I get on to what's going on in the next few weeks a quick reminder look Leaders Live is a free show for all leaders directors managers entrepreneurs who are interested in the business growth just like we talked about with Lawrence today through infotainment edutainment and enjoy taking part in extraordinary conversations and together in this community, we love to make the world better of folks. I love that expression. And we want to bring a spirit of freedom, of fun, of joy and, you know, love and a feel good factor in all of our working lives. And um, our sponsors, quick shout out for our sponsors. Here's just a quick um, reel on what Ghost is all about, our sponsors. So I'll just play this. Here we go. Brilliant. So um, you go to a brand and design agency, folks, with, a, with an exceptional team. We talked about exceptional teams today of highly skilled and vibrant people that work together and collaborate to help develop and shape brands to inspire businesses just like yours. And actually, Leaders Live branding was inspired by them as well. So quick shout out for them. And um, just changing scene very quickly and back to Sarah for a moment and talking about CTAs. You know what? Just a little bit of brief action on the PDX call to action there, Sarah, for us. Um, it's been really interesting. I think mm. first and foremost, the 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 chat with Lawrence has been really enlightening. Um, very helpful. Yeah. There's a lot of um, a love in the room for Isn't you, that? Lawrence. Yeah. Um, 
And I want to say great thanks to Tilly Marketing CX in the background because they mm. are fantastic and have been. When LinkedIn doesn't like me, they can put the links in. <laughs> uh, but more, more, more importantly, with Leaders Live, if you're enjoying the show, tell all your friends, subscribe, tell and all your let, friends. You know, let's get more people involved because it's 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 great. Yeah, um, thank you. And interestingly, the talk today, talking about the human touch, talking about the soft skills and the value of actually pinning down your company culture and goals. Well, that's what Andrew does. So yeah. if you want somebody to come in and have a bit of a look or you just want to chat, pick up the phone, get in touch, because we too love to talk to people. Lovely. Yep. Thank you for that. And uh, we're going to be finishing on time, which is absolutely brilliant. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. And the goose for next week, folks. Um, so yeah, interesting. We've got Easter coming up, folks, and uh, the clocks change this weekend as well. So we're into British summertime. Yeah, we can't wait. We can't wait for a great summer coming up. And um, we'll be back again um, after Easter. So we're going to take two weeks um, Easter break and then we're going to be back on Tuesday the 18th of April at 8.45 UK time with the ever so popular Kieran O'Donnell again virtual finance director and founder of your own numbers know your own numbers uh, own your own numbers sorry FD CFO award winning uh, former head of strategy at Talk Talk and senior roles at Carphone Warehouse and back in his day and we're going to talk about bookkeepers actually how Brill Biz bookkeepers there's a phrase for you are an aspirin to uh, for ceos oh i love that i think that deserves a uh, oh <laughs> so yeah bookkeepers are a great example of cold face startups so founders and sme ceos etc see incomes and costs not just track their balance their bank balances but other things can be done right such as vat which is a classic as well so all of these things done when they're done well and done right are impactful and we talked a little bit about doing things right today as well having good people around you and um you know, for CEOs to have real-time information uh, really feeds risk-taking and decision-making as well. So that's what um, that's what Kieran's going to talk about and how to supercharge your financials through your bookkeepers. So we think you're going to love it. So well, there you go. We can't wait. So be there or be square, folks. So we're going to close out with our um, with our outro, folks. So we're going to wave goodbye to you through this outro. Have a great week ahead of you, folks. And thanks again, Lawrence. Cheers for now, as we'll just wave you goodbye. Been great to hang out with you folks today um, online. Thanks so much for being part of this awesome show and creating this great community vibe. Please subscribe as well, and please invite your business friends and talk about Leaders Live to invite them along, and the podcast will be out shortly. In the meantime, that's a wrap, 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 folks. So see you from Lawrence, from Sarah, from me, uh, this week's sponsor, and the rest of the team at Marketing CX who put in the comments in for us. We wish you a great week ahead. Cheers for now, everybody. Thanks again. Cheers for now. Bye-bye.